I noticed that my guests, you know, when their episode went live, they distributed it to their network and that, you know, brought a lot of people to my podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to No Fat Cats. I'm your host, Wesley Dean. I love helping video and audio producers create a plan, set goals, and execute consistently. Today's guest is Gabe Peterson, who started the Real Estate Investor Club. Gabe, like many of us, found himself come March when COVID was hitting at home and not being able to network with people in person. So he worked in real estate, loved networking with people, but just couldn't go out and meet anyone. And he kind of found himself in a spot where, you know, he missed that interaction, but wanted to do something. And then one day he just kind of over time, things had grown, but then one day just realized, hey, I could make a podcast and invite my friends or in the real estate investing space to be on it. Um, everyone's craving human interaction and realized that a podcast was going to be going to be a perfect way to connect with people um, and then actually produce something that's like a deliverable that's out there that people are willing to share. And that's when the Real Estate Investing Club podcast was started. So you may not be in real estate, um, though. I mean, Gabe definitely recommends it as kind of a side thing for achieving, you know, financial independence, financial freedom. Uh, but even if you're not, you can definitely pick and learn a few things from Gabe's process. Gabe didn't really know anything about podcasting or, or uh, you know, running the tech side of things, but he had a drive to to create it. He had a goal of, you know, reaching out, continuing his business, and he was forced in some ways by the circumstances to go out and create uh, a way of connecting with people and keeping that going. And so in this conversation with Gabe, we just dive into that process, what it was like for him, how he used his background in marketing to then be able to leverage uh, some of the work he's doing. And also we talk a little a bit about what it's like to take a podcast and then leverage it for something else. And so, you know, it's one thing to have a podcast, but then, all right, how do you leverage it for an online course? How do you uh, use it for, for a lead magnet that you can then create um, content that then pushes people to something else? And, you know, we kind of just dive into that process a bit. And, and so we just dive into what it was like for him reaching out to guests, having people on the show, and then kind of taking those next steps of just cranking things out. And now he's at the stage where he almost needs to bring on a VA to, to help keep it going. But for him, the podcast just grew organically from making it easy for his guests to then share the content out on their social media handles. And that was when he could kind of see those big spikes for when he provided the content for people to then share with their network. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Gabe. Hey, Gabe, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you on the show. Wesley, thanks for having me. All right. Well, I know, you know, if you're watching the video portion, you can see it's the the Real Estate Investment Club sign in the background by Gabe Peterson. Um, so tell us, what is that about? Yeah, the Real Estate Investing Club. Um, so, you know, I know everybody listening and watching, they're really into video content, all that stuff. Um, I actually, I, my main bread and butter, my business is real estate invest investing. Um, I've been doing it for a while. And so, um, real estate investing club is kind of the marketing side of my real estate investing. Um, so we buy single family, uh, multifamily, uh, mobile home and RV parks. Um, and we do fix or fix and flips. We do buy and holds, uh, we do wholesales. So, you know, the gamut of real estate, uh, when it comes to the investing side. Um, but, uh, you know, I was doing that for a while and then I kind of got to a point, uh, COVID hit. And before that I was doing a lot of work 
in um in my network in networking i was uh you know reaching out to brokers talking to different people in the investing space uh, but that is not a socially distanced activity so uh COVID hit i decided i was going to do something different um, something that i could do in in COVID times and a podcast sounded like a good idea so um, I started the real estate investing club um, and it's where, it's where I interview different um, investing pros from all different asset classes uh, from, you know, commercial, uh, residential, uh, triple net lease, um, mobile home, RV parks, all that kind of stuff. So all different asset classes, we interview guests, get their take on how they kind of became successful in their story up to that point. Um, and yeah, it's a podcast. It's on YouTube. Uh, we are also launching a course and a coaching program um, at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So we've got a lot going and it's all within a short, short period. We're in September now and COVID hit six months ago. I cannot believe it was that that long ago. No, well, well I think in some ways, you know, COVID has been devastating to some, but also at the same time providing chances for innovation and for just do things that they wouldn't have done otherwise. And it sounds like uh, you're one of those people who has taken lemons and made lemonade. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah, it's been, it's been a ride for sure. I, uh, I had not had experience in podcasting before this. And so I've, uh, I've enjoyed it thoroughly and so much so that I even made another one that has nothing to do with business and I just doing it for fun. <laughs> no, that's great. So I'm curious. So before doing real estate, had you, it sounded like you had spent a bit of time kind of in marketing a, a little bit. And what had that journey been like for you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I can go, I'll just take you through the whole, the whole gamut. Um, so I was in corporate, I was in, uh, as a management consultant, I worked there for seven years, um, you know, doing business analysis, process improvement, project management, that kind of stuff. Um, did not like it whatsoever. Just hated the job, hated the commute. It was like an hour and a half. Didn't, did, didn't like anything but the team. I loved my team, but I did not like the work. I just did not want to be there. Um, and so, you know, over time I just started looking for different ways to get out of corporate. Um, and actually I got started, uh, I was one of those guys flipping through their Facebook and that, 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 uh, one course came through with the e-commerce thing. It's like make a million dollars with e-commerce. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. So I started, uh, I started, I actually counted that yesterday cause I was on somebody else's podcast and all about failures. So I, I figured out the number and it was six e-commerce stores. I started six e-commerce stores. All of, well, they didn't really fail. One of them, uh, I got up to about twenty to thirty thousand a month, but the margins are pretty slim. Um, but I started all these e-commerce stores, and I, you know, in that experience, I got pretty good at marketing um, because a lot of it was B two C, and so I had to get good at Facebook ads, Google ads, all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, over time, I, I had that success. The the story was actually working out. Um, but I really didn't, again, like the work because it was just sitting in front of a computer. Uh, I didn't really get to interact with anybody. I was in my pajamas all day long. It was like horrible experience. So I, I knew I had to figure out another way to go. Um, and so again, one of those, one of those ads, they got me, uh, flew through my, my Facebook, um, Facebook, you know, screen or whatever that thing's called the, the newsfeed, um, and it was for an agency. And, you know, I already knew digital marketing pretty well. Um, I had really, you know, some good success running ads. Um, I like the agency idea because you could, I would be more, you know, client focused. Um, and so I, I decided to hop off of the e-commerce train and hop onto the uh, more freelancer. Um, 
I got, you know, I, I had clients, but I got to the point where I was needed to grow a team and I decided it wasn't for me again. Um, I just wasn't, wasn't really a fan of, um, the, the computer work. And at this point I had already got into real estate and I knew that was my, my journey. So, um, so yeah, I, I did the, the freelance agency model, not agency. I'm gonna call it freelance model. Um, cause it was just me and, and some VAs, um, for a little bit, I had some clients, uh, I got good at uh, running ads. Um, and that has actually helped me a lot when it came to first well, the podcast, obviously, I made the website for the real estate investing club. Um, and I kind of figured out everything pretty quickly, because I had all this, you know, this background in uh, digital marketing. Um, but also in real estate, because uh, real estate, the, the money is made, quote unquote, in finding deals that are not on the MLS that are off market. And so I got really good at marketing for properties that were not on the MLS. Um, and uh, that's kind of how I took off there. And, and for those who aren't in the real estate, the MLS is the, what is it again? Uh, multiple listing service. So when you, uh, when you go to a realtor, um, you know, the reason that they, why you go to a realtor is that they can put a property on the MLS, the multiple listing service. And then all the other, you know, realtors out there will see it. Um, and you know, they'll, it's, that's the place that you go to sell a house. Um, but usually if, if you're talking about real estate investing, once a property hits the MLS, um, usually it's not a deal. If there's any investors listening, they're like, oh, you can find deals on the MLS, which is true, but generally it's not a deal by the time it hits, uh, hits the MLS. And that's, that's the multiple listing service. Okay. Now that, that, that is interesting that it's about finding the deals before everyone knows about them. Yep. 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 Okay. And, and so I'm curious too, then with, you know, you had your experience, you know, with, with Facebook ads and, and marketing and, and the two, the thing that I find always interesting is that you really have to have uh, like a good overall strategy and, and network like uh, of, of other processes. So, I mean, you know, just recently I interviewed a guy who was in the cinema, cinema world and he, Eric Thane and he's, uh, you know, he films, he, he was like loves filming and teaching, but then he also had to move over into to marketing and selling his courses, which involves like knowing SEO and, and knowing how to do email sequencing and, and all those things. And, and so it really is, you kind of have to have this wide breadth of understanding how these processes work, or at least know that you don't know enough and need to hire someone to help you with that process. But it sounds like in this case, you you had a background when it comes to marketing that was greatly helped you when it came to creating your own content and then promoting it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I always kind of equate marketing to kind of putting a puzzle together because there are so many pieces. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't want to do the agency is that there, I mean, anything you do, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of moving pieces, but um, yeah, marketing, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, you can't just run an ad. You do have to have a full funnel. You got to have the SEO. You got to have the little pixels on the page. You got to have your email sequence, all this stuff. Um, and I learned it mostly trial by uh, trial and error. I, uh, how did I, I did a lot of YouTube videos. I think that's kind of how I got into it. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot that goes on. And so I'm curious to hear about what your, what your process has been like for the real estate investing club. Like what, what did you, cause it, it's easy to look up there and say, Hey, there's all these things get overwhelmed and then not, but, but how did you attack things? It sounds like you attack things kind of in an order to have them make sense from, you know, if you have all these like behind the scenes things set up, but don't have a website, you know, nothing's going to work. Uh, you know, there's nothing to drive traffic to. So what was that order of operations like for you? 
Yeah, I actually started with interviews. Um, I knew that if I didn't have an interview, I wouldn't be motivated. And so I started, um, I had a network and then I, I had about 10,000 connections on LinkedIn. Um, and so I started by messaging people and, you know, put, getting a, a Calendly up, um, you know, calendar up and just saying, you know, hey, I'm launching this podcast. If you want to be a guest, I'd love to have you. Here's the link to sign up. Um, and then I interviewed about 10 people before I started on everything else. Um, so it, it started with the, with actual interviews. Yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah. And that kind of is motivating is at times, you know, you talk to people and like, Oh, I like the idea of starting a podcast. It's like, well, just record a few and see if you like it. And and then if you record and then you realize like, Oh, I hate talking to people. I I don't like this. I I don't want to keep doing this. Then you you save your hassle of doing all the other stuff. But it sounds like you record your interviews. You had a few in the bucket and decided that you loved it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I liked the interview process. I just liked, um, talking to people cause you know, in real estate, you really can get kind of pigeon, not pigeonholed, but, uh, like laser focused on one thing. And there's so many different strategies to implement in, um, in real estate. And so it was fun to have people on that didn't, wasn't doing, weren't doing what I'm, what I'm doing. Um, so I can kind of hear their take on things. So yeah, I did, I did some interviews and I really liked it. Um, so I got uh, Buzzsprout. I threw, uh, you know, I, I used Canva um, to create some branding, um, some branding pieces, and then I threw it all up in Buzzsprout. Um, I, I just worked with Buzzsprout for, you know, the first couple of weeks, and then uh, then I started on the process. I actually made the website. Um, I just made the main page and then for all the connecting pages, I just had the 404, um, you know, you've reached a page that we haven't completed yet kind of thing. Um, and so I just, I've left that 404 thing up and over the course of the six months, every, you know, every, so every once in a while, I'll finish another page. Um, and then I, I did the, I still haven't finished the email sequence. Actually, I've got like three emails up there. Um, but you know, it's a, it's a work in progress. No, I, th- I think of course everything is kind of uh you're never quite done. You're always just kind of kind of tinkering and continually improve things. Yep. And, and so, you know, you got that. And then, what was your process like for just promoting the podcast, putting it out there, and um, you know, attracting listeners? Yeah. So i I'd thought about um, well, first I just put it on on you know all my social platforms. I was just like, hey guys, started the podcast, check it out. Um, which you know w- helped. Helped a little bit because you're you're uh, going to be able to connect. You're going to be able to connect with people who already are connected with you. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I did that. That's obviously the lowest hanging fruit. Um, Wanted a little bit more, uh, and so I ran a few. I I ran an ad um, on Google, uh, only focusing on the keywords that involve podcasts and real estate, um, which is not very many, and there aren't a lot of clicks. But those are the good ones, and so that actually helped a little bit. Um, But I didn't really want to like really, you know, do a full campaign when it came to creating a marketing campaign. And so, um, I noticed that my guests, you know, when their episode went live, they distributed it to their network and that, you know, brought a lot of people to my podcast. And so I, instead of focusing on the ad, I I instead created a whole package that my, uh, my guests can share, um, with all the different links. And I said, Hey guys, you know, once their episode's done, I'll send it to them like, Hey, um, here's this image that you can use to share uh, for your episode. Here's all the links. Um, you know, I, uh, I'd had a pleasure. It was a pleasure having you on the podcast. Um, if you want to share this, go ahead. And, and they'd share it. They'd use that. Um, and it was, you know, 
pretty nice looking. They'd share it with their network. And then, uh, you know, over time I've had, I think we're on, we're releasing episode, I don't know, 50 something. And I have almost a hundred episodes recorded. Um, so, you know, over 50 episodes, that's 50 different networks that people are distributing my content to. Um, and so it just kind of grew naturally from, from that type of uh, distribution. But it seemed like what you had was that you're able to leverage people, um, gave them the tools they needed to share their episode. And that was really what helped leverage it. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, I noticed that, you know, every so often I'd had, I'd see a spike and then it would just kind of level off, but at a higher level than, than it had leveled off before. Um, and so, you know, I, I can only equate that to the people releasing it to their own network. And I would get notifications on LinkedIn and Facebook like, hey, Gabe Peterson, thank you for having me on the show. Here's my episode, blah, 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 blah. Um, so, yeah, I think it was them them actually sharing my uh, podcast um, or my content on their network. No, I think word of mouth is always definitely one of the the most powerful ways of of, of sharing things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And also cheaper. I mean, you don't have to share uh, and, and pay for, you know, word of mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that I could do to it. Um, again, this is not like it's not my main business. It's my side business, and um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of things I could do. Uh, I could run ads, like actual ads, um, but that's that would take a little bit of time, and I'd have to monitor it and all that stuff. What I really need to do is uh, the next step is to get a VA to take over because I'm getting to the point where, you know, the production, all the production, producing the different episodes is actually taking quite a bit of time. And I, it's not what I, uh, what I had signed up for. And so um, I'm going to have to hire a VA for that one. But other than that, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's going pretty well. You know, well, well, that definitely is always a natural step for, you know, and I know too, when I've like been in the process of, of getting people to help with, with some of that stuff, whether it's, you know, just putting it together or, you know, creating the post, especially if you have a more, you have a repeatable process that you can then say, Hey, this is the process I'm going through. And you, and you have more, you have things broken down into steps, just the easier it is to pass it off to somebody to help. And you can focus on that thing that you do best, which is maybe whether it's networking or doing the actual interviews. And then the other stuff can definitely be, you know, outsourced and, and handed off to people as well. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And then, so I know you mentioned too, that you're looking at, uh, possibility of having some sort of course or like what are those next steps for you within that podcast yeah so um i mean i've noticed a lot of people that actually are listening to the real estate investing club aren't um are either beginning or new or beginning investors and uh and i've had some people reach out uh about learning about how to do what we're doing um and so we i decided all, all next steps should be a course and so we uh, have actually created a lot of the content um, and I, I wrote a book to, to kind of serve as the, uh, I don't know if it'll be a lead magnet, but, um, the, the main pur purpose of me writing the book was actually to create, to create the, um, the structure of the content. Um, so it'll be get your first deal done 90 days. And, uh, the focus is on people who are new or beginning investors, um, who don't have a lot of money to actually invest in real estate. Um, but who still want to, you know, get into that sphere and be able to get that passive income that comes from owning a rental and stuff like that. So, um, focuses on, uh, non-capital intensive strategies to, to get property, um, and to get one done in, uh, in the first 90 days. All right. So, so I'm curious, what are some of those tips that you, you recommend for real estate? Um, I think, you know, this is a good time for real estate, but just what right off the bat, like what are, what are some of those tips? Yeah. I mean, uh, 
So, obviously, I know, I, I know everyone can, somebody... can download the book, but uh, what are just you know, top three tips that you recommend? Uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, well, I'll take it from the perspective of someone who does not have capital. Because if you have a lot of money, it's a lot easier, obviously, to get into real estate because then you can just go buy a property. It's like, uh, a lot of things are I mean, easier I... with a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't have a lot of money, um, this the, the three tips that I would give you. Um, actually, I'll just go through the three strategies that you can acquire property without using money, without using a ton of money. Um, and the first one... Or, this is an acquiring property, but it is getting into real estate and making money from real estate. Um, it's called wholesaling. And this is where you get a property under contract um, and then, then assign that contract to someone else, to another investor for a small margin. Um, so say I find a property here in Washington, um, I, I get it under contract, You know, I, I negotiate with the seller, uh, the purchase price of $100,000. He signs the purchase and, uh, purchase and sale agreement um, so now I have this document that says I can buy, you know, Joe's property for a hundred thousand um, dollars. I know my friend Bob over here wants that property. Um, he's an investor. He liked the deal. So I go over to Bob and say, Hey Bob, you can have this contract that allows me to purchase this property. You can have it for $105,000. And so he will sign an assignment contract and, uh, which gives him the right to buy the property now. Um, and then I get the spread between the, the, the two. So I got it under contract for a hundred thousand Bob's buying it for 105,000. So I get that 5,000 spread. Um, so that way, I mean, that is the easiest way to make money in real estate without actually having a lot of money. The problem is you got to be able to find properties off market and negotiate with the seller. Um, easiest way to do that. The is, uh, direct mail is really easy. Well, direct mail takes a little bit of money. Um, direct mail and then uh, online ads is what I'm, I've had the most success with, but I have a lot of experience with. Uh, the other way is just um, is just doing things like Craigslist, posting on Craigslist, uh, saying you'll buy people's houses. Um, you can go put bandit signs out. I'm sure a lot of people have seen those signs on the streets uh, that say, we'll buy your house, call this number. Um, those actually work. <laughs> so um, that's one way, that's uh, wholesaling. Um, the next way is seller financing. And this is where you go to the seller. Again, you have to market property and you have to go to the actual seller, not, not a broker. You have to go to the seller of the property um, and be like, hey, I would love to buy your property. I can buy it at this price. Um, let's negotiate the terms. And so when you negotiate the terms, you can go to the seller and be like, hey, I don't have a lot to put down. Um, can I put you know 5,000 down? And then I will, in return, I'll give you a higher interest rate. Um, so you got to, you know, you get give and take. You can't just take from the seller. Um, so you got to give him something in return, which is, you know, an interest rate or maybe, uh, I don't know, you can be creative when you, when you do your, um, when you do seller financing, but so you give him interest rate in return and you get a property for uh, $5,000. You can also do like, um, interest only loans. So he would, you would only be paying interest. You wouldn't be paying any principal. Um, you could do balloon payments. So you'll do a balloon payment in, uh, in five years. So after five years, you have a 30 year amortization loan. And then after five years, um, the balloon, uh, the payment comes due. And so the, the seller only has to wait five years to get that payment. And the strategy there is that you would refinance the house before, um, the five year period. Um, but anyways, that's seller financing. And then the third way is, uh, is raising capital. And this one, um, this is the best strategy, but it's also the one that is the most sophisticated and uh, takes the most effort, I would say. Um, and this is just going out there, finding a killer deal, 
um, and then going to investors and saying like, hey, you guys can have equity and preferred return on a monthly basis if you give me uh, you know, the money that I need in order to close this deal. Need a hundred thousand, go to 10 people, ask them for $10,000. Um, say, you know, they each get 5% e um, equity in the property or 10%, oh, no, that, that'd be too many. 5% equity in the property um, for, <laughs> for $10,000 input. And so when you sell, they'll get 5% of the equity on the sale. Um, and then they'll also get a preferred return uh, for the cash flow that you get every month. Um, so those are the, the three main ways that you can do it without, without having a lot of money. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, raising capital is the hardest one, but it is the one that you can, you, I mean, you can take down multi-million dollar deals doing this and people do it all the time. No, so it sounds like you really know your stuff in terms of, you know, being in, in real estate and understanding what that investment process looks like. H how many years did you spent working in real estate or, or discovering that, Hey, this is what I like love doing. Oh man. I think I bought my first. I think I bought my first triplex in 2014. Um, so six years. But before that, I mean, I, I, I was reading a bunch on, uh, um, got started with uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, if anybody has not read that, I'd, I'd highly recommend it. Super easy book, but it, it's a really good, um, not, it doesn't give any like tactical advice, but it gives very good overview, strategic, you know, how real estate can really set you up for financial freedom, for, for not, for, for being, you know, financially free, not having to worry about money anymore. And so, um, yeah, real estate's a great, great vehicle. I like it as, as a business. I love, I love running the business of real estate. Um, I like buildings. I like getting things, uh, fixed up, running them out. Uh, so, so yeah, rich dad, poor dad, great book. Check it out. I'll definitely make sure I have that in the reference links. And so, <laughs> so once you decided then to kind of dive into like the podcasting, so, so what I'd like here is that I think people who are who are successful at creating content are are really able to be at that that like that intersection between two fields and, and do something that's that's innovative. So in this case, being hey, let's I'm going to be good at real estate, um, understand it, know my stuff, and then also you at the same time had this drive to then let's figure out this like audio audio side of things, video side, and let's make sure we do something together. And it's that intersection where I think you get things that are that can actually really stand out when you kind of are good at two overlapping things in that regard. Um, mm -hmm. So when you were thinking about the podcast, it really has just happened this year. Did you have any kind of background when it comes to audio, video, or is that kind of just all, hey, let's figure it out? Yeah, yeah no, I didn't actually. I uh, So I use, uh, what's this thing called? I use, come on, come on, open up. Oh, Movavi is my editor. Okay. Um, and yeah, I had no idea anything about, about audio or video or blah, blah, blah. Um, so I just kind of figured it out as I went. I mean, it, to me, it's all just kind of like computer stuff. And so I, anything on the computer, I, I can figure it out eventually. Um, my uh, video is, is very, you know, video you can get very creative with, I feel like. Um, and my video is not, I mean, it's a Zoom video, so it's not like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's not like, uh, like star quality. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I figured it out over time and, uh, and got it to work. And, and so what was that drive for you to figure it out when it was, you know, COVID kind of, kind of walk me back a little bit. Was, was this kind of early March? Um, and where were you at when it was like, all right, I can't go out and network. What was that thought process like for you of, of deciding to finally do a podcast? <clears throat> 
Um, was yeah, this back so in March? What was that? Was it back in March or w- when was it? Yeah, so it was, uh, it, yeah, it was probably around March. Um, whenever they closed the doors here in Washington, um, I think that was March. Something you like you that. guys were a little bit earlier, I think. I'm, I'm out in Virginia, um, just outside yeah. of DC. Yeah, we had the we had the first um, the first cases in the U.S. were o- over here, and so we were pretty early. Um, um, but yeah, I mean that happened. And were you were you kind of you know s- sitting at, sitting on your couch or you know just yeah. like what am I doing with my life? Uh, watch TV. Yeah. I wish that I I wish there was like a a moment that I could point to, but I don't remember why or when I started like, oh, I need to do a podcast. I, I honestly don't remember it. I was um It was at the beginning of COVID, so uh, it feels like forever ago. Yeah. I uh yeah, it was it was a while ago and I couldn't go out and, and meet people. Um I had been working on my website for, so we have a, a you know a place where where buyers can go or sellers can go it's called sellmymobilehomeparks.com um so i was working on that website uh and i was i th- I, I wish i had a better answer i was working on that website and i think that just kind of got me thinking about yeah. websites could be in doing. general and i'd been listening to a podcast at the same time and one thing just kind of like clicked and i was like shoot i should make a podcast and so i went down that path but um, I don't have like a moment where I was like, you know, walking down the the beach and all of a sudden this epiphany came to me like, oh, I need to start a podcast. Um, but it did happen, obviously. I did, there was podcast. an epiphany <laughs> at some point or maybe it was like multiple epiphanies or I mean, I think sometimes people have, you know, epiphanies and sometimes it's more of like a slow grow, you know, feeling. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just kind of grew over time, um, it, and more often there's not, you can't pinpoint, you know, the time where you, where it happened, but it, but it was a slow grow process. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that was probably it because I mean, it took a couple weeks. Oh, I think it was because, um, I was doing so much work on LinkedIn and, uh, I just knew, I realized I had so many people on LinkedIn that I was connected with and I thought, uh, that I mean, there's a good opportunity there to, you know, to network with them. And the best way to do that now is, is talking to them on zoom. And I think from there, I just went, let's do a podcast. I'll just record it. <laughs> nice. Well, well, I guess too, everyone was happy to connect. And so if they got to connect with somebody and it lived on, then it probably seemed like a win for them. It's like, well, I could yeah. chat with somebody and, and it disappears into the interwebs of space. Um, or yeah. I could, <laughs> talk with Gabe and have a conversation that actually lives on. I can share that uh, builds credibility. So my guess is that's maybe what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And the guest side of things, I mean, people were super stoked about it. They were, it was not hard to get guests at all. I just, uh, um, you know, I started asking people and they're like, yeah, let's do it. And so um, I had people that, you know, I never thought would want to be on a podcast. Um, uh, Kathy Fetke is a, you know, she's a killer real estate investor. Um, she was on, she's, and this other guy, um, was on, he's, he owns 35,000 units, <laughs> which is absurd. If, I mean, if anybody's in real estate, they understand 35,000 units is like, I don't know how many multifamily units it's, it's, I don't know how many, it's a lot. It's the biggest number I've ever heard of. Um, and he jumped on the podcast. And so I got to talk to these awesome people and they were totally fine, you know, coming on. Um, whereas, you know, I would think that they would have better things to do, but they didn't. <laughs> so, uh, it was great. <laughs> and it was uh, COVID. So I guess, uh, timing helped a little bit. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, well, I mean, I think definitely that, uh, you know, podcasting is inviting people to be on where uh, there is some sort of clear return on, yeah. uh, you know, their investment. You know, they, they know they're, it's in essence going to be publicity for them. And, uh, and I think too, everyone likes to talk about themselves. Uh, yep. you know, true. so I mean, I think there is science that, that actually shows that when you, when you talk about yourself, you actually like feel good. And so, really? yeah, in terms of just <laughs> the narcissist in us is like, yes, yes. And so in some ways, um, you know, people too can be bad, bad listeners necessarily like, but there is something about talking about yourself that, uh, maybe, I don't know if it's the attention or, you know, you go to, that's why, especially if you go to, you're at a place where there's a lot of big ways, whatever they, they all like to talk about themselves and there should, should be, people should be better listeners. But in some cases too, it just, it does kind of, it's uplifting to be like, I don't yeah. maybe not uplifting, but it, in your story it, out, yeah, boost yeah, yeah. your, exactly. boost your, um, boost your ego, boost, um, your identity, your identity talking about what. So I think everyone likes the chance to, to talk about things, especially if there's an audience and, and in COVID times, you know, audiences all had to be digital. And so, you know, yeah, if you couldn't talk to people in person, a podcast is one of the next best things. Yep, yep. Um, I really, I honestly do think real estate is the absolute best way and fastest way um, for the average person to to achieve financial independence um, and financial freedom. And I, I absolutely love helping people get there um, and helping, you know, seeing you know, seeing them at the point where they actually can, you know, look back at their bank account and being like, wow, I don't have to stress out anymore. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, the course is coming along. Um, I'm hoping to launch it in the next month and a half ish. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see, see where it goes. So, uh, if people are interested, go to the real estate investing club.com. Um, you can find the course, uh, we do one-on-one mentorships, group coaching. Um, you can also check out the podcast. So yeah. At this part in the podcast, we were almost ending the conversation and had almost wrapped up, but we stayed around chatting a little bit about what next steps for him, what he was going to be doing, and what I thought he could be doing to improve from his process as he transitioned from creating a podcast, adding value, but also creating a lead magnet that could then later push towards a sales funnel or online course. And so I thought this part could actually be quite interesting and helpful for the podcast. So no, I was, was, uh, yeah, thanks for sharing the story there. It's really interesting in how just kind of one thing led to another. Yeah, it's kind of how life works, right? It does, it does. You just kind of keep going, keep showing up, and um, yeah, keep iterating. And um, no, but it sounds like you're uh, on something with the the course where especially is I think everyone's, you know, it's kind of a very clear side hustle that can transition into, and there's a pretty big, um, you know, fire, fire movement, what is it, financial independence? Oh yeah. I've heard about that. Yeah. Financial um, independence, retire early. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Five yeah, fire movement. Um, and I think real estate's a, kind of, it can be a big, big part of that. Yep. For sure. Cool. And so then are you working on a list or email list for them promoting the course or is that, is, where is that um, in the stages? Yeah. I have a, an email, uh, lead capture on the website. Um, I've got, I think I, not very many, like 10 people have signed up so far. Um, so I don't really have an email list yet. That's I know that I, I should, <laughs> but I don't, that's kind one of the next, that I just haven't got to yet. Yeah. And that can be one of the next steps for like building. Um, cause I know that everyone I talk to when it comes to selling a course, they're all like, oh yeah, having a, an email list is like super important to actually selling the course. Um, but too, yeah. I mean, if you get that book out and, and have it, have that as a lead magnet, that's a pretty good lead magnet for the course. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I, I mean, that's the 
what I've thought of. Um, I have the book. So it's I actually sell it on the website, but I want to just give it away for free. Or, or give away like the first chapter too. It doesn't have to be the whole thing. Yeah, I'll give away the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, just give away the book. And then, but it's been a long time since I've actually worked on funnels. So you give away the book and then it would lead them to, I mean, get the email there, give away the book, lead them to the sales page for the course. Or, or, um, or I mean, you can always get the, give away the, the book. So that way you get them on the email list and then you kind of keep them updated. So it's like nurturing, like helpful tip, helpful tip, good idea. helpful tip, sale, offer. And then you can, so you can just kind of build it up and then maybe, you know, promote it. And then maybe you launch the course in like a, a month or two or, or something like that. Um, and then you can kind of open it up with like groups too. So if you wanted to, cause usually what I'll find is, you know, with courses that two people also enjoy the personalized aspect of it. So you could almost run it as a course with, um, with like mentoring too. Um, so, I mean, I even joined a course that wasn't built out cause it was from someone I knew in, I mean, I had taken a course with him before, but actually it was a course on making courses. And he was like, yeah, this course isn't built <laughs> out, but, uh, but it's like the course is going to be like $900. And I was like, all right, sign me up. Like, that's what I do. So, you know, there's different ways of kind of transitioning and, and then launching, but, but especially if you offer like mentorship and let's say you keep it small, but it's like personalized, um, you no, know, get, try to get people on and you know, maybe you pitch the first one is a couple hundred dollars or $500 or, you know, whatever it is. But do if you launch it as a cohort, then it works. Damn, um, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking notes. This is actually really good. Oh, cool. And that's one of the things I loved about is just like kind of doing the strategy of like, all right, creating content. But then at the same time, like what is the ultimate goal? Um, you know, because being a podcast might be fun in the interim, but it's not going to like having a podcast. This isn't going to pay the bills, you know. Uh, yep. eventually it needs to lead to something. Um, but yeah, that's, but that's what you usually find is like, all right, you have your give away your best stuff first. So if you, instead of saying, Hey, I'm making whatever the book is, um, whatever you sell it for, just saying like, Hey, that's yeah. my lead. And then, uh, and then I get them on the email list and then you can create, and then you have a lot of tips. So you can just, even if all your email list was like create, giving away some of your tips, um, or referencing podcast links or something like that. And then once your course is ready, then you already have people who you know are interested in the topic and you can sell it, sell the course and have some sort of deadline to as well. Um, that was because I created my, my course, but I didn't also have a good email list at the time and didn't have a good deadline to really encourage people to, to sell. And, and um, people can always unsubscribe if they don't want to be on your list, but if they download your book, they're probably going to be interested in the course. Um, and, and if you make it personalized, like, Hey, I'm going to walk you through, I'm available for, one-on-one -on -one discussions, you know, you could start at, at whatever, but I mean, I would think something like that would at least be, I mean, it could easily be anywhere from a couple hundred to, you know, like 500, depending on your level of personal involvement. Yeah, no, I like that a lot actually. But even if you get a group of, let's say 10 people on board at like you know, two, two, 300, it's like, all right, well, it's like three grand to then build it out, get experience, get reviews, be there for people. And, you know, eventually you can up it up. I like it. You know, you know what you're talking about. All right, cool. No, and I think that's the thing that I love is kind of like in that strategy space of like, all right, let's create content, but let's actually make it into something. So, so thanks so much, Gabe, for being on the show. It was great having you. I'll make sure I have the links to uh, your stuff, but I'm sure you know the real the website is again, I guess, the Real Estate uh, Investing Club. And where's the best place for people to connect with you? It says sounds like you're on LinkedIn, obviously. 
Yeah. Yeah. Obviously you have LinkedIn's a good one. Um, actually, if you just go to the real estate and click on about, I think it actually says about Gabe, which is weird, but I should just make it about, um, click about in the, in the menu bar and, uh, you'll, you'll see my, my big face there. Um, and also underneath my face is a link to my, um, LinkedIn, uh, profile. So you can click through there and say hi. And that wraps up another episode of No Fat Cats. As Gabe was definitely one of those people who was willing to kind of keep innovating and always improving and try something new. And I know I've talked to a number of people who, who want to start a podcast or are thinking about doing something, but I find it always works best when they have kind of a clear understanding of what they're trying to accomplish, but at the same time are willing to innovate along the way. And so... There is a, this mixture between getting your strategy right and knowing what you're doing and at the same time, not getting so hung up with everything that you, you know, don't know what to do. And, and I think in this case, Gabe said, hey, I want to start a podcast. I don't know what I'm doing exactly, but he just started doing a few interviews. He just started having a few conversations to see what he thought about it. Um, it can, and that's always part of it, too, is just if you think you want to film, just start filming see if you like it. And for some people, they'll they'll die off and other people, they'll keep going. And Gabe was one of those people that knew that he he could turn it into something. Um, he knew that what he was currently doing with, with COVID was he didn't like sitting on the couch just by himself, uh, not being able to interact with people and wanted that. And he realized that it was better to continually be reaching out to people and creating content and having a podcast was a great way of doing that. And, and it was more fun to do that than to not do that. And so I think that's one of the things I find with talking with people is that you might have the desire to create something uh, amazing, create a podcast, create a video series, but until the pain of not producing something is greater than the struggle of actually being able to produce it, you're not going to be able to do that. So what I mean by that is you get joy from producing content, but it's also a lot of work going through that process. And, and we naturally tend to default to those things that are easiest for us to do. And in some cases, what that means is that if it's easier for you to not produce something than it is to produce something, then you probably won't won't produce it. And so I know for me personally, I sat on the podcast idea, but I reached the point where I was like, I have to do something or else I'm going to regret it. And for me, that was what it was like starting this podcast right here that you're listening to. So thanks for that. Hope you guys um, have a great week and I'll catch you next week. <laughs>